I do talk, I, I work with a lot of different kinds of clients. And one of the things that became very clear, very, very early in my writing career is that not everybody knows who they're trying to reach. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, my name is Christine. I'm your host of the Startup Student Podcast. This is episode three of four of the content creation series with Leslie Morrissey. Welcome back, Leslie. Hi, Christine. It's lovely to be back. I'm raring to go and I've got a plan. It's great to have you back. Thank you so much. And uh, in the first two episodes, we were talking about why is copy actually important and this amazing acronym that you created, a Brave. Um, the second episode was all about where the copy is used. And today we talk about how to build a plan. So I can't wait. And actually, I'm going to hand over straight to you, Leslie. Okay, let's get going. Um, I love a plan. And I think it was Hannibal um, in the A-team said, I love it when a plan comes together. That's me. I'm a systems freak. Um, I, do talk, I, I work with a lot of different kinds of clients. And one of the things that became very clear very, very early in my writing career is that not everybody knows who they're trying to reach. So after some nagging of clients and how to, to get their, their focus on the copy, I decided it was time to come up with a proper framework they could work within. And while some of you may be going, what's this got to do with writing? Well, it's got everything to do with writing because if you don't know who you're writing for, your writing is going to not be targeted very well. And you said, well, yeah, that, that might apply to a website, but what about everybody else? Yes, it applies everywhere. You need to write for your ideal client, your audience. And with that in mind, you need to have a plan. And this is the plan that I put together. And I think it might be useful to you to work around this because it will make sure that everything you write, and in fact, it will help your business as well, because it, it underpins everything that you do as a business as well. So I'm sort of going to assume that you've done step zero, which is the, the having a business objectives and something like that. You've got some goals. Um, but the first step in my five step process is knowing who it is you're writing for. And, and whilst it's easy to say, well, that's sort of anybody who wants what I do, that's really difficult to target because it's, it's not clear. It could be anyone, literally. <laughs> so I always ask my clients, so who have you worked for before that you really enjoyed working for and who thought what you did was really valuable and they didn't mind paying for it? And most people who've been in business a while can come up with an, somebody who fits that, that scenario. I said, well, describe them because that's who you're going to be writing for. Now, if you're in a new business, clearly that is difficult. And it's also very difficult when you start out in business to decide exactly who you're going to target. But I would say 
think about not just, you know, am I going to target accountants generally, but what kind of accountant would you be targeting? Are you looking for a specialist who specializes in something like tax? Or are you looking at a bigger business that has a number of, of partners in the business and maybe more than one location or are you looking for somebody who's a one-man band and working out of their back bedroom so there's there's lots of different kinds of accountants and you need to understand it is that you can best help so that would be my first thing to do um and and if i can just say christine um there is a worksheet in the inside news treasure chest so um, my, my website's insidenews.co.uk and there's a button that says treasure chest and there's, there's a free worksheet in there that you can download if you want to. Amazing, thank you. Yeah, we will make sure we link back to that uh, on uh, creativestartupacademy.com slash podcast. If you find the content creation series, you will find that link there that goes into the treasure chest. Thank you. Okay, that's great. Um, so that's the first step. And if you if you do do the worksheet, part of the process of filling it in, uh, and it's not meant to be homework, it's just something that will help your business, um, is to identify what that client's problem is. You know, what what is the thing that bugs them? What is the thing that they're not so good at that they know needs doing? What keeps them awake at night worrying about stuff? Um, it's it's finding the pain because that will help you in your writing, especially with marketing material and things like your web content, because you can focus on. So if this is your problem, we can help you. Um, and that's important that you you understand that because it will engage people faster. Then you need to sort of understand this is sort of step three is where do these people hang out? You know, where where would you find them? Because people get very confused about social media and they think they have to be on everything. But you don't. You just need to work out where is it that a group of people who fit your ideal client profile are easy to find. And, you know, if you're selling wedding gifts or something like that, then probably Facebook, Instagram, that Pinterest is good for those kind of things as well. Um, but if you're looking at a business to business and there are people who are selling to other businesses, then you probably need to be looking more at LinkedIn, possibly at YouTube. And those are the kinds of things that you need to, to consider. So if you know where they hang out, that's a good start. Of course, then you, you would need to decide which tools, because like I said in the last session, you, you cannot do it all. You just can't be in every everything. So is it going to be email campaigns? Are you going to create a monthly newsletter? How, how often a month might you write a blog? What else could you use that for? Where, where do you promote it? You know, which platforms? Okay, social media platforms, you've identified people on maybe LinkedIn, but where on LinkedIn are they? Where do they, where do they congregate? Where do they talk to each other? Is there a group that you could join and be helpful? You can't sell in groups, well, not many groups anyway, but you can, you can be an, an, a sort of an authority and go in there and if people sort of are talking about something you can help them with, then you can go in there and, and, and write content in that. So, it, you know, all of this is content and, and 
it's just understanding how it can be used and where you can write useful stuff for people. So, you know, it, it, it's important to have that in place and it, it's, it will help you to engage with people if they see your content where they're looking. Because if you're in a, in a group and there's, say, just go back to my example of accountants. So say it's a marketing for an accountants group, which would work great for me. Um, so I go in there and I listen to what they've got to say and I give them big bits of advice and tips when there's a thread going and I'm going, actually, have you tried this or have you thought about doing it that way or did you know that this this and this so it's it's sharing my expertise with people who don't have my, that expertise and, and I can't do a balance sheet so that's fine because everybody's good at what they're good at and and it means that a lot of those people will look at that and go well this person knows what they mean some of them will actually connect with me so I'll be on fir first connection terms with them but also the other one will go, actually, can we have a one-to-one? -one? Because I've got a problem and I, and I think you might be able to help me with it. And that's how business is generated. And it's really the content that you put out there has to be the right content for that group. So you have to get your tone and your style right, even when you're just posting bits of, of comments in groups and things. And it's, it's quite important that you understand those people. And, and that's why you're an ideal client. You go back to that again. You know, that's important. You understand the businesses you're targeting. And, and it will generate leads for you. But, but often um, what I do is I, I will point people at uh, one of my lead magnets. And I've got more than one. And they're for different markets. Quite often, people I will I will, I will say about the um, treasure chest, which I've just told you about, because there's loads of stuff in there. I mean, and most of it's free. There's the odd bit that's, that costs money, but most of it's free. And it helps people and it establishes my authority and it establishes my expertise. So if we go back to my RAVE acronym, so it really works for me. And you need to think about that for yourself. Now, one of the things that I find people talk about a lot is having a proper lead magnet. And this is, again, we're back to understanding who you're aiming it at. I do see a lot of people who create a lead magnet that is far too general. And it's something that any it will help anybody. But you need to be focused on the right people because if you a lead magnet is there to open the top, of your sales funnel and a sales funnel some people have more than one levels than others but generally there's about four levels so you start with the free level at the top then you have a low cost item and typically a low cost item will be up to about 50 pounds then you've got what I call your bread and butter that's where you earn most of your income and then at the bottom you've got premium and they're the people who pay more to have one-to-one -one work with you. They're, they're the ones that are your elite clients, if you like. Now, the free level is your lead magnet for most people. It's what pulls them in. Some people use a free webinar, um, but generally it's something that people can go and download and you don't have to do anything. You create it, you put it up online, and but it has to be focused on the kind of clients you want because at the end of the day 
whilst all of the people who come in at the top of your funnel will not become elite clients, they need to have at least the potential to become an elite client. So it's, you know, if, if you've got a lead magnet that applies to any professional business, but you don't actually serve lawyers, only accountants, you're going to get a load of lawyers that are going, oh, that might be interesting, that could be useful. And they're no use to you at all. They're just cluttering up your email list, really. So it does need to be focused. And you need to write it so that it engages people, so it gives real value. It doesn't have to be 100 pages. It can be one page if it's got really good information in it. Typically, most of the ones that I write are, they're either three points or five points. Some of them are a few more, but few of them go past 10 pages. But if it's laid out nicely and there's some good images in it, and it, it makes sense. And here's a tip. If you have a document, especially one that is being read on the screen, that has text next to an image, always put the text on the left and the image on the right. And the reason for that is because typically when we see an image, our eyes scan it downwards on the screen. This doesn't apply to going to a picture gallery and looking at paintings because that's a completely different experience. But on the screen, mostly we look down the, the photo or the image or whatever it is. And we tend to start reading underneath it. So if the image is on the left, quite often people will skip the text that's on the right of the image and carry on reading underneath, which means if, if the bit that's on next to the image is essential for them to understand the next bit, they won't. They won't understand it without reading that bit. Whereas if you put them the other way around, so the text is on the left, because in, in our language, most, most of us read left to right, and we read into the image. So you see the image anyway, but you keep going back to that anchor on the left, which is where your text starts and you read through the text that way. So that's just a tip. So some quite often when I'm laying out a lead magnet, I will put the image as a sort of banner across a page. But if I've got several short points, then I will put the images in, into the text, but always on the right. Or if it's, I can get away with one on the left if there's only text behind beside it and nothing underneath it. So that's just my, my sort of um, my tip for today. <laughs> um, but, but you can, you know, it's important that you don't just give them something free. You have to follow it up. So here's some more writing you need to do. You need to create a series of emails that are automatically triggered by someone signing up for your lead magnet. So the, the first one they'll get is thanks for signing up. And here's the link to download your free um, lead magnet or whatever you want to call it. You've got you obviously got a title for it. Uh, and and the another tip, the titles that pull are how to do something, um, a number of tips or top tips. And usually it were apart from 10, it's better with an odd number than an even number. Um, and then You've got checklists. People love checklists because they like to be able to go, yes, I do that, I do that. Oh, no, I didn't know about that. <laughs> so um, that's how they work through them. Um, 
And the, the, th the fourth one is the three mistakes to avoid or three errors people make when. And the when is the, your target audience's situation. So it sounds like a really long title. That's fine. It doesn't matter because as long as it, you can put it, it nicely into a form so that people can see it, it, it will work. People are well, those four titles all work really well. And it, it sort of gets you more people into your email funnel, basically. So once you've got them, then you need to nurture them. And that's where this auto automatic, or we call them autoresponder email system works. And you can use MailChimp or Aweber or um, Constant Contact or GetResponse or MailerLite or SendFox. They all do the same sort of things. They all allow you to create a form that you can put on your website or into your social media and, and you can capture people that way. And then it automatically sets up this autoresponders, but you, obviously you've got to write them. So typically what I would do with the lead magnet is I would take a series of autoresponders and um, I would take from the actual lead magnet itself a, a point and I would send an email, say three or four days after they've had the original sign up point to say, how are you getting on? I hope you've downloaded it. Here's the link in case you haven't got around to it yet. And have you have you managed to do X yet? Did, and give them some more value, give them some tips or a bit, a bit more information that they can go away and use. So that way it engages with them, it gives them value and they remember you. And then maybe a week or so later, and, and typically I wouldn't send out emails on the same day every week because you never know which day of the week the response the receiver is busy. And if they're always busy on a Monday and you always send them on the Monday, they'll never get read. So I send one on a Tuesday, one on a Friday, one on a Wednesday, one on a Monday and so on. So they're on different days of the week. And basically you, you nurture them by picking up points from your lead magnet and reminding them, have they done this yet? Or how, how did they get on with that? Um, and and so on. So you, you might have a series that's, that goes not every few days. I mean, I sort of stretch them out. So you might get what two or three in the first week and then maybe one every six to eight days for the next couple of weeks and then they get further. So I would run it probably over three months. But somewhere along in the middle of that, I would also remind them that there is a next level. So whatever your next level of product is, and that usually is a, a low cost. So it might be a book, it might be a webinar, it might be um, a, an e-course that they can download. It might be a, um, a free a, a consultation that they pay a nominal amount for. It, you, can, you can decide whatever it is. Um, and clearly some of those you'll need to write as well. And you have to always, when you write writing, just have that image in your head of what your ideal client looks like and what they feel so that you're writing to address their issues. So that's sort of the beginning of a sales funnel and that's how it works. And at each level, you've got that underpinning um, the series of emails at the first and the second level and the upsell to the next one. 
once you get them as a client, then, you know, you, you've got a direct contact with them and you don't need more, lots more email campaigns. But certainly at level one and level two, it's useful to have that because it just carries, once you write, have written it, you put it into your autoresponder and you just literally don't have to do anything because once they sign up, it triggers that series. And from the day of, of sign up, it goes automatically whenever at the day um, laps that you've chosen. So that's something that you could do. Um, of course, then you've got promotion and marketing. All those things are important. Um, if you're not visible, people forget you. I think we talked about that in the first session. And promotion is how you stay visible. And there's all kinds of ways of doing that. Um, one of them is to get on people like Christine's podcast, <laughs> which helps you to reach people. <laughs> but uh, Christine knows, but you don't. Uh, and, and vice versa. And another is, is to do regular YouTube um, chat, um, chats uh, about whatever it is you're an expert in and give hints and tips. They don't have to be, you know, an hour's video. It can be a few minutes and you can use those on things like Facebook, um, on really short ones on Instagram. But um, I think they have to be less than 60 seconds to go on the main Instagram um, feed but you can put longer ones on your story so there's there's lots of things you can do and they all these things are based on content because you, you know people talk about writing well yeah i'm a i'm a copywriter so i'm happy to write and i can write scripts which is a is a different skill because it's you have to write like somebody speaks and we don't speak the way we write generally but from the from the other side Content on video is content. It doesn't matter the, how it's delivered, it's content. And you have to know where you're going with it. So like I, I said at the beginning, I love a plan. I always have a plan. I know where I'm going. On long sessions, like if I'm doing a webinar, I actually have a script. I don't always stick like glue to it, but I do write myself a script. Even though I know my stuff, there's no doubt about that. It's about staying within that structure. And even when you know your stuff inside out, in fact, probably it's more dangerous when you know your stuff inside out because you tend to start on one subject and then you'll drift off and you'll have an idea and suddenly talk about something else. And then you, you'll find that you've lost where you're up to and you have to sort of come back and it's all very clumsy so it's, it's having a script actually helps but I do try to deliver it and it's something that you need to learn if you're going to do that is to be able to deliver it naturally because if you're reading a script if you're reading anything your voice tends to go into a sort of a, a rhythm that goes up and down and up and down and everybody goes to sleep so <laughs> you need to be able to deliver it and I, I was once taught the best way to do it is to read a sentence look away from your script deliver the sentence go back to the script read the next sentence and so on because then you're saying it rather than reading it if that makes any kind of sense but you still need the content <laughs> And you still need to focus it on your ideal client. And this is something that I know a lot of, of our clients struggle with when it comes to social media is 
they they think that having a page on Facebook or a company account on LinkedIn means they can just do lots of sales posts and promote, promote, promote. This is all, did we do this? And have you signed up for that? And, you know, did you know we can do this for you? Which is all very well, but it's really boring and people don't engage with that. And I know this is a sad thing, but they engage with fun stuff. And, and I think you're probably the same, you know, you like things that are entertaining. So it's how do you create entertaining content for your social media and, and to some extent in whatever else you write, it needs to entertain as well as persuade. So it's understanding your ideal client and the community that you create by inviting people to join you either on a page or in a group or whatever, wherever else, and then you know, what, what is it that you say that will get their attention and keep their attention and keep them wanting more? And it's a, it's a big challenge, but we're, you know, I know this, I sound like I'm keep on and on and on, but it is all about understanding them. If you understand your ideal client, what you put out there will tick their boxes. Don't you think, Christine? Completely. And um, people often ask, but how do I actually understand my ideal client? Well, I, I can't go in people's head. Actually, it's easier than ever <laughs> with all the technology and everyone is out there all the time. Um, you need to, of course, nail down who is your ideal client um, before you start understanding them. And that means not saying, oh, my ideal client, uh, like you mentioned also with the lead magnet, is not everyone. Of course, everyone <laughs> can buy your products and services. It doesn't mean that you have to choose to work with people if you're offering services. However, just because you narrow down your ideal client really up into a niche does not mean you don't work with other people it just means you can communicate clearer you probably attract easier your ideal client and um, it makes everything in your business a bit easier and um, it's it's so important and you can find out about them by doing surveys by looking into surveys that were already done in that group you can join facebook groups forums where your your clients hang out and see what kind of questions they're asking you can see um, what kind of words they're using you can see what kind of problems they have um, you can uh, follow them on uh, social media uh, these Mm -hmm. days it's not talk uh, it's not called stalking anymore because it's just following <laughs> on on uh, social media linkedin uh, maybe you're talking um you mentioned that earlier as well you you're talking to a client that you already worked with that you really enjoyed mm -hmm. working with that had the money to work with you and that had a good outcome and appreciated the work you did that's probably your ideal client use that client as your example and think about what would this person say if i asked that what would this person say if i push this on social media or just ask them and if you do not know why people chose to work with you ask them <laughs> you can say look I'm Absolutely. trying to figure out more about my 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 yeah. ideal clients can you tell me why you work with me and what did you enjoy most you probably the second part you already uh, got in a testimonial and feedback however yeah, the first absolutely yeah. yeah so there is a lot of ways to figure out um, who your ideal client is and look actually into their lives and heads <laughs> yeah i i totally agree with, with it with you and and i always say ask them and i find that attending networking events 
especially where there are the same people attending regularly and you get to know them. They're often a good source of asking those kind of questions because mostly people are willing to support each other. And certainly I attend a whole bunch of networking events and um, I, I get to know people and some of them match my ideal client group. And I can always say, you know, can I pick your brains? I, you know, I, I, I need to know this. And I've just wondered whether this is, whether I'm wrong in this or whether you've actually, I've got it right. So it, it is worth doing. So I, I will get off my soapbox about ideal clients just now. And there's just one thing that I want to add because we, I, I stopped numbering things, but let, let me just say, ideal clients is step one. Understanding what their problems are is step two and why you can solve them. Knowing where they hang out is step three. Identifying how best to reach them, whether that's by an email marketing, a lead magnet, social media, blogs, articles, PR, whatever, is step four. And step five is what I call means, manpower and measurement. And that's really simple. It's in other words, what are you going to do? Who is going to do it? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be you. And how do you measure whether it's working? And, and that's really um, how it all comes together. That, that's where it comes, your content plan will, will be delivered that way. But you have to have a plan because, you know, if somebody says, oh, you ought to be writing blogs, I, I think, yeah, I would agree with that, but I would question why, why do you think you should be writing blogs? You know, what are they going to do for you? Where are you going to promote them? So the people say you should be, you should be, and you should be on this platform or that platform. I think you need to be a bit more discerning than that before you jump in, because otherwise you'll just end up running around on the hamster wheel and you're not going anywhere. I think you really need to be focused. And I'm, I'm going to stop there because I, I know for our next session, we'll, <laughs> we'll be looking at actually creating the content and generating it and i think i've done enough rambling on about plans i think you've done enough of giving tips not rambling you mean <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, little tips big tips uh, generic things that people really really have to get right before they actually start doing anything um i know um it's good to start communicating it's good to make connections but if you're not clear on who you're targeting if you're not clear of your goals which was you said step zero at the beginning um I would really urge you to get that done first before you spend any money or time, uh, which mm -hmm. in the end is money, on any content, on any marketing activities, on any ads, on any lead magnets that are too generic. Um, everything that you said, it's, it's great. And also the, uh, the examples you gave of the series of emails to follow up uh, once they sign up to lead magnets. I love the idea that it's um, some tips or some things and then you push them into action um, because I think you mentioned in the last episode or the one before that a lot of times people sign up for something, download something, and then it goes into a folder and never look at it again, not because they don't mm. want it, because they forget about it. I, I'm guilty of that as well for a lot of things. And, oh, I read it and I need it. <laughs> and then I complete, yeah. And my intention is really, I will read this, but I just forget about it because there's 500 other things that came in between this and the next thing I might have downloaded. Um, this is also one of the reasons for my, for example, free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge. The links that you get every day, they expire. Mm -hmm. 
So you have to uh, action them. You can't just sign up and think, oh, I do these uh, emails once I have time. No, you sign up to that when you can commit for the next 30 days to do something. And um, thank you for sharing the um, that you have a worksheet. And uh, again, everyone, make sure you download it. I will include the link in creativestartupacademy.com slash podcast, where you can find it in the content creation series. Um, and then that concludes this episode. And I'm really looking forward to the next one, which will be about uh, how to generate consistent content. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to the next session. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.